Welcome to the Lemon Spark Podcast, where we share stories about lemons that spark a new direction in life. I'm your host, Barbara Zabala. Well, welcome, Christine Binder, to the Lemon Spark Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone, meet Christine. She is a middle school, fifth and sixth grade social studies teacher in Chicago. And she is also a women's empowerment coach. And I got connected through LinkedIn with her through a mutual connection. So she has a book on lemons. And since this is the Lemon Spark podcast, and I'm watching her right now, and she's got lemons all over the place behind her. So it's really actually very perfect for for my podcast. So welcome, Christine. And tell us about your Lemon Spark story. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out and wanting to know my story and wanting to hear my story. Um, My Lemon story is a story of abuse and divorce. That was my lemon. What I didn't know at the time was that it was a lemon. It was a time in my life that was very difficult. It was difficult for my kids. It was difficult for me. I made an awful lot of mistakes during that time. And I wanted to turn that around and use my experience to help other people. So years before my divorce, I started coaching a program called Girls on the Run, which is a positive... Right. It positive body image, um, positive self-esteem program for girls. And what I didn't know when coaching that was I was the one that needed to hear the messages that I was telling the girls. Mm-hmm. I thought I had all of that, but I didn't. And I lost it through being a mom and being married and being in an abusive situation. And so you lost when you I you- lost myself. I lost myself. I lost my self-esteem. I lost who I was. And in coaching the program, I realized that I really needed to hear those messages. And I started to internalize them because I kept saying them over and over again. And when there was a moment um, when that tipping point in a marriage, when my spouse chose another life over our family, that I had to make a change. I couldn't allow my daughters to think that that was okay. And that was normal in a relationship and to be treated in that manner was acceptable. I needed to set a better example for them. And I wanted better for them and for me. And so through that divorce process, it was a very toxic relationship and a very toxic divorce that cost. Did you actually start the divorce process or did he? I did. I did. I filed for divorce and it was after being told I would never do it. Right. I mean, my father is an attorney and, um, I got told over and over again, call your dad, call your dad, call your dad. And I just never did because there was shame and embarrassment in that. But I called somebody else and I started talking to other lawyers. And it was when I started talking to other lawyers and kind of getting opinions that I realized truly how toxic and messed up my marriage was. 
when I realized that I was living on an allowance when I was working full time as a teacher and my allowance wasn't enough to buy groceries and pay bills and things like that, um, that wasn't okay. But I thought it was normal because people don't talk about those things. He controlled all the money. Correct. There was a lot of financial abuse. Um, and emotional abuse and mental abuse. Um, and I didn't realize any of that was not normal. And I explained it all away all the time to my kids. It's okay. He's under stress. I explained it away to my friends. Oh, no, that's fine. I'll just stay home. I didn't know that it was not normal because I was so entrenched in it all. Right. And so when I started to get support and come out of it, the, the coming out, it was, I don't want to diminish being an addict or coming out of addiction, but my therapist equated it a lot to that. Mm -hmm. You become addicted to those behaviors and you become addicted to those feelings and coming out of them and learning how to live a different way is as an addict does coming out of addiction. And so not only did I have to learn a different way to live, but so did my children. And we had to learn a different way to communicate and a different way to behave with one another. And all of those behaviors that had been normalized were very abnormal. And it took getting out of it and getting some perspective to realize that. And so the divorce process was long. It was expensive. It took a lot out of me and I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes with my kids, a lot of mistakes in court, a lot of mistakes in how I interacted with others. And I didn't want other people to do that. But now looking back, I see every one of those mistakes taught me something and made me better and stronger and put me on a path to so much more peace and security in my own life. Mm -hmm. I left the job I was working for, I can't, countless years. I spent probably over 20 years teaching in the Archdiocese of Chicago and I left that job because I needed more money. And in doing so, I became a better teacher. And I also freed myself from a lot of expectations of the church. My youngest son is gay. And being able to free myself from, from the church and that expectation from divorce and the LGBTQIA community, how they are treated by the church, gave me peace too and allowed me to be a better support for him. And it also made me a better teacher. I went back to my first love, which is teaching in the inner city. And that I absolutely love. Is the pay a little bit better? Yes. But the fulfillment is even better. Wow. I teach with awesome teachers now. I teach in a fantastic school with wonderful families. And this past year, being a teacher was really hard, <laughs> you know, with COVID and everything, it was really hard, but it made me even a better teacher. And it allowed me to work with my students on resilience and being even more resilient. So those things, and now 
so two summers ago was when I did the lemonade stand book. And again, it was through a connection, through a connection. Somebody said, you know, you write this blog, you really should get connected with this woman that's doing the book. She connected us and I wasn't really ready to open up and share my story. There was, again, a lot of shame involved, right? And opening up yourself and sharing your story and being vulnerable, it's hard, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. But she said, if you don't do it, you looked for it when you were going through it and you couldn't find it. Yeah. So you need to provide that for someone else. And I, I, I still, I hesitated and I hemmed and hawed. And finally she said, come on, do this. And I did. And it was one of the most liberating things I've ever done. Taking my story and writing it and putting it out there with these other women and joining together with all these other stories gave me such a sense of purpose and such a sense of accomplishment. Yes. And I hear that from a lot of people. And I'll say like, you might, my, my story might not resonate with you in that book, but there are others that are there. There are other women that have had those lemon stories that have turned them into lemonade, right? And made them the best and sweetest lemonade ever. So, so are those lemonade stories in the book, are they all centered around like relationships or are they different? Like maybe some are related to jobs, maybe some are related to illness. What um, is it a variety? They're all different. As, as different as the author is, the story is different. There's some about um, divorce. There's some about cancer and illness. There's some about caring for an elder parent. There are some about life changes and about losing your job. So every single one of them is a little bit different. And as I said, my story may not resonate with somebody, but another one of the stories might resonate even better. And you might pick up the book and think, well, I know her, but let me read another story. And that other story is what really resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a great book to have on maybe the Lemon Spark website called, it's called the Lemonade Stand. The Lemonade Stand from Sour to Sweet. Oh, I love the <laughs> from Sour to Sweet. Um, that's great. And the author, the, the woman who coordinated the effort, Michelle Faust, she's working on making it sort of a series. So she's working on the second and third books now. So somebody might have a lemon story that wants to reach out to her as well, or you to be on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I'll have to connect with her, Michelle Faust. Correct. Um, I'm curious, uh, going back to your story, uh, how old were your kids when, how many kids and how old were they when you went through the divorce, when you started the process? I have five children. And at the time, my youngest was 11 years old, my son, I have four girls and one son. So he was 11. The oldest was uh, in her late 20s. And they all struggled, right? They there were struggles that we had because we all were trying to process everything that was happening. And there was a time where some of my kids didn't talk to me for a while and you correct. Oh, correct. Why weren't they talking to you? They were blaming um, you? There was, there was blame. There was anger. There were, 
there were a lot of underlying things that kind of came up during the divorce and I didn't know what I was doing and I was in pain. And as I said, I made mistakes, mistakes that I have apologized to my kids profusely for um, through time and taking accountability and ownership for your behavior is really important. Um, I don't, you can't go back and change the past. You can't go back and, and relive it, but you can take accountability for it. And you can say, yeah, that was a mistake. And, and I'm sorry that I made that mistake. Let's move forward. And so that's why my, my motto in running and in life always has been forward as a pace. Always move forward. It doesn't matter if it's a baby step or a giant leap. You have to move forward. So forward as a pace is gotten me through lots and lots of difficult times in my life. Have you always been a runner? Like No. <laughs> I was not always a runner. I, st running? I started running probably about 15 years ago. We got a dog, a puppy that needed to go out a lot. He had a lot of energy. And so a friend dared me to run a 5k because I kind of was running with the dog yeah. and he dared me to run a local 5k. And I'm like, okay, fine. Well, and then, then another friend of mine dared me to, after that to run a half marathon, to train for and run a half marathon. I'm like, don't dare me to do something because I'll just do it. Right. Like when and so that Linda dared you to call your dad. Right. Well, you yeah. didn't call your dad, so, you called somebody else. <laughs> exactly. So don't <laughs> dare me to do something because I will do it. Right. And so I just started running and then it was, okay, let's do a marathon and nine marathons and lots and lots of other races later, here I am. And I feel like that also lets people know that runners aren't, they don't look one way. Everybody can do it. Everybody can run. And running is, you can walk, you can run, walk, you can, whatever makes you feel good, but it clears your head. And for me, it was a lifesaver. Yes. When you were going through this tough time, I bet. Correct. I running do that, do, does that for me as well. It, you know, it really does clear your head and um, if something's bothering you before you start running in the morning, whenever you do it, um, I know for me, when I'm done with my run, whatever was bothering me is bothering me less or not at all. <laughs> Correct. And that's, so when I started girls on the run, one of the things was the girls in one of the seasons said they didn't think they could finish the 5k. And I said, if all of you cross the finish line at the 5K, I will wear a tutu for the entire marathon. I will run the marathon in a tutu. Well, that, they all crossed the finish line. They all finished. I had to run, a tu run the marathon in a tutu. And that has become my nickname. I am the tutu lady. That's the name of my website is tutu lady. Everybody knows me for who I am as the tutu lady. And it's kind of become a symbol of freedom and getting out there and, and not losing your cares when you're out there and just being happy, right? So when I run in a tutu, I'm not fast. I'm not, you know, I'm not winning any races. I'm out there to just have a good time and help other people smile and help other people get through that tough part, that little wall or that hump in a race. And I'm just having a good time dancing around and, you know, 
it, it just is fun for me. And so if I can inspire other people to have fun in a race, then I can inspire somebody to have fun and move forward in life. And that's where it all came from. Yeah. So you said you have a website called Tutu Lady? It is T-U-T-U-L-A-D-Y dot org. Dot org. And what's Tutu on? Tutu Lady dot org. What, what's uh, on? You can find information about my coaching. You can find information about the book. And you can also find information about, I have, I write a blog there as well. Okay. So um, I love to write about life and life experience. And so my blog is there as well. Talk a little bit about before we wrap up your coaching practice. So you are a, co- a coach, a life coach, particularly for aiming to empower women. Tell us a little bit about your coaching practice. I assume you do this on the side, you know, as because uh, you're a teacher. <laughs> yes. Well, I started out, you know, coaching girls on the run, and I realized that being a coach everybody needs a little, a cheerleader, right? Everybody needs somebody to help them get through those things. And it's something that I didn't have going through my divorce. And even before the divorce, I think as women, we talk about all the good things, but we don't talk about the hard things. And having somebody that is sort of removed from your situation that can give you some perspective and give you some actionable steps to take and try makes a world of difference. Try this, you know, that may work for you. Try that, that may work for you. None of it may work and let's revisit it and see what did work and what didn't work. Uh, Here are some things to look at when you're getting divorced. Do you have an action plan? Do you have a financial plan? Here's some questions to ask your lawyer when you're going into a meeting. I think um, women going into the divorce process are very intimidated by a lawyer sitting at the desk. And then they also think that that lawyer is their friend and their therapist. That lawyer is there for one purpose, to get you divorced and move you through the legal process. You need to help that person get you through the process. And in order to do that, you need a guide. The lawyer is not there to be your guide. They're there to move you through the process of the law. So. I didn't have that either. And again, I made those mistakes and I don't want somebody to make those mistakes. So even if just asking some questions to get somebody thinking a little bit differently, I think that is helpful. So, so I love to do it. So your coaching practice is really, you, you specialize in helping women who are going through a divorce, it sounds like. Divorce, life change. I've had other women that are going through job changes and other life changes, women that are already divorced or women that are are single by choice Mm -hmm. and that are trying to make different life changes and different life choices. Maybe it's getting out of the workforce altogether. Maybe it is following a passion or a dream. Whatever that is, I'm willing to help you with that. All right. So they can find you on the tutulady.org uh, website if they're interested Correct. in connecting with you for coaching. There's, a, there's different coaching and there's also, like I said, my blog and there's a link to the book, The Lemonade Stand from Sour to Sweet is there as well. 
to sum it up, it sounds like that was a very difficult time, you know, when you went through the divorce and the years leading up to, to the divorce. I forgot to ask, how many years were you married? In over that, 20. Like, over 20. But it sounds like you can say, looking back now, that you are in a happier, more peaceful place than you would have been had you not gone through that difficult time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I used to sign everything with peace just because of where I worked and, and it was just a thing. And somebody in my life said a, a, about a year ago, you use the word peace and I have it on t-shirts and yeah, uh, plaques and stuff yeah. everywhere behind me. And she said, you surrounded yourself with it because you were looking for it and you found it. And I also, you know, I was running away from things and now I'm running to them. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Christine. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners will as well. And again, if you're looking to learn more about Christine, go to tutulady.org. It sounds like you can find out all you need to uh, on that website. So thank and you. And there's links to all there's links to all my social media as well oh. on that website. So they can if they go to the website, all my social media links are there as well. So great. Well, thanks again, Christine. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was delightful. Thank you for listening to the Lemon Spark podcast. If you have a Lemon Spark story to share or know someone who does, please message us on Facebook and be sure to like our page. And remember, it's not the lemon that defines you, it's the spark.